Thanks be to God who always causes us to triumph. He gives us the victory. That's a little weak. I said he gives us the victory. And he always causes us to triumph. Well, that means you win every time. Turn, please, to Acts, the... uh, the 13th chapter. We've been looking at these scriptures on Friday nights for a few weeks now. Now when it comes to the meeting this week, uh, starting Monday evening at 7 here, 6 in Branson, uh, you'll just get so much more out of it if you'll come be in the building rather than just watching online when you're close enough that you can come. Now, if, you're, if you can't come, then the Lord will add to and help you. But if you're supposed to be in the seat, nothing will take the place of you being in the seat. Amen. Right? Yes. You'll, you'll receive more. You'll receive better. You have to really be focused. If it's just you watching by yourself, people tend to get up and go around the house and do things. And, and well, every time you do that, you're missing something. Yes. You're missing something. And there is the corporate anointing. People that are focused, sitting beside you, behind you, their faith can affect you. And if they're uh, they're more in faith and getting more revelation than you are, it'll affect you. That the environment will affect you. It's kind of like a current. Mm-hmm. It'll help pull you in. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Healings occur in corporate anointings yes, that don't occur just in in other situations. Thank God. Amen. Deliverances. So uh, there's no uh, no substitute for being where the Lord told you to be when he told you to be there. I know when uh, Phyllis and I got settled in our heart that we were supposed to go into the ministry and felt like we were supposed to go out to Rama Bible Training Center and go to school there. I uh, we, we required a uh, pastor's recommendation. For our application. And uh, I couldn't get one. <laughs> Don't sound too good. <laughs> one of the reasons I, I had, uh, I had uh, two, three pastors I think I spoke to. And, and they, they were all for me serving God. But one of them didn't want me going to that group. He would spon- he would, he'd give me a recommendation if I'd go to their denomination oh. thing. It was that kind of thing. And then one of them who was well-meaning guy and loved me, I know he did. He's in heaven now. He said, well, now, Keith, he said, we don't have a lot of young people here at the church that's serious about serving God. We need you here. I need you here working in the church. And I thought, well, well, he said, isn't the Holy Spirit the teacher? I said, yeah. Well, he said, can he teach you here? I didn't have an answer for it. He said, why you got to go halfway across the country for the Holy Spirit to teach you? I finally found the answer several years later. Because he said so. Because he said, now if he tells you, 
Go be in this meeting. I don't care how hard you pray and fast. You're not going to get the revelation and ministry at home by yourself than you'd have got doing that. If he told me, and, and, you know, as years went by, I saw, oh, man, I began to see more and more why he wanted to do that the way he did it. It was necessary. But he's not going to tell you everything. He's just going to tell you what to do. Then expect you to trust him and do it by faith. So, uh, very important. Do what he tells you to do, when and how, and where. In Acts 13, did you find that? You believing with me? Please do. There's a lot of different ways we could go, but there's a one right way. Acts 13 and verse 1 tells us that there were in the church that was at Antioch certain prophets and teachers. And it mentions the names, I believe, of five individuals, including Saul, who was Paul. Verse 2, as they ministered to the Lord and fasted, the Holy Spirit said, as they did what? Ministered. To the Lord and fasted, the Holy Spirit said. So we've been talking on Friday nights about ministering to the Lord. It's something that a lot of Christians are not very familiar with. Um, actually had the Lord uh, quicken this to me some few, a few years ago, that people quote the verse... As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. And uh, he asked me, he said, uh, is attending church serving the Lord? (laughs) Well, many people in their minds, that's what that means. I go to church sometimes, and uh, I pray sometimes, and... uh, I'm a strong believer in the Lord, and so me and my house are serving the Lord. That's not accurate. You come to service, and most like a Sunday morning service, that's primarily you looking for the Lord to minister to you. For you to get fed, for you to get built up. That's not you serving Him. Everybody listening? Yes, That's one of the reasons why he directed us to have service teams. The churches have service teams. We've got parking lot team, children's team, cleaning team. And how many are thankful when you came in here that your seats are clean and the carpets are clean? Well, those folks ministered that to you. Who'd they do it for? They did it for the Lord, and they did it for you. That's a service. Can you see that, friend? And so we all need to ask ourselves, how am I serving Him? Because just going to church and getting fed is not serving Him. Now, I know that doesn't make people shout and run the aisles, (laughs) but think, think about it. How, what is my service to him? 
And that goes with what we're talking about because as they did what? Ministered to the Lord. This is not them ministering to each other. This is not them preaching to each other, prophesying over each other, praying for each other. And this is not just them praying and asking for things from God. It's not them telling Him what they need. This is them ministering to Him. And as we've seen in our previous studies, that includes acknowledging His goodness, His greatness, expressing your love for Him, expressing your, your praise for Him, and your thanksgiving for Him, and your worship for Him. And the Scriptures tell us when this is done from the heart and in faith, it's like a sweet fragrance that comes up to Him that He receives. And it is an amazing thing that we can give something to the giver <laughs> that He enjoys and something that ministers to Him. You know, somebody just crying and pulling on you and telling you all their problems, does that minister to you? <laughs> no, you couldn't say that. Do you care? Yes, you care. But does that bless you and minister to you? No. Well, with the Lord, it's the same way. Yes, he, he wants to help us, but he knew what we needed before we ever brought it up. And crying and telling him another hundred times, what's that going to help? Is he hard of hearing? Is he slow to respond? What's the problem? No, no, there needs to be much more ministry to him. You know, we have 150 Psalms. Have you ever read some of them and noticed them? So many of them are ministering to him. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that's within me. Bless his holy name. So, what are you endeavoring to do? You're endeavoring to bless the blesser. This is a high thing. Can we bless the blesser? Yes. Can we give to the giver? Yes. Then we ought to do it. We ought to enjoy doing it. We ought to stir ourselves up to do it. How many know you don't have to wait till Friday night to do it? You don't have to wait till Sunday to do it. You can do it at your home. You can do it riding in your car. You can do it at all different places at all different times. I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. Hallelujah. We're to offer up the sacrifice of praise. Hebrews says to God, continually. That's the fruit of our lips, giving thanks to His name. So this is not just internal thinking. This is sound coming out of your mouth. And since he created us, and the planet we're standing on, and the star that gives us light and warmth, and our every breath, and the brightness of our mind, how many think we ought to praise him? We ought to acknowledge him. We ought to give thanks to him. And just like any child, wholeheartedly, genuinely showing love and appreciation for their parent, it's going to bless that parent. Yes, right? Yes. 
empty words will not. Something that's phony and false won't. But a genuine, heartfelt, Daddy, I love you. Daddy, Mama, you're, you're so wonderful to me. Thank you for everything you've done for me. That's going to minister Amen. to them. Yes. Well, God's our Father. Yes. Isn't He? Yes. Come on, everybody, just say it because you mean it. Lift up a hand. Say, Father, I love you. I worship you. You are everything to me. I am so thankful. I'm so grateful for all the good things in my life from you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You, you do that genuinely from the heart by faith. You'll immediately sense more of his presence that you did than you did a few moments before. That's how it works. Because he, he responds to us. He doesn't respond to religious junk. He doesn't respond to a bunch of fear and unbelief. He doesn't respond to just doing a ritual and a routine. He sees the heart. And the scripture says God is spirit. And they that worship him must worship him how? In spirit and in truth. And it goes on to say he seeks such to worship him. He knows if you're just saying a bunch of stuff that some you heard somebody else say. He knows if you're being phony and religious. He knows it. And his presence is not going to respond to that. But the moment you're sincere and real love and real faith, you'll sense his presence. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And the greater the love and the greater the faith, the greater the presence. And you get a bunch of people together and they're all sincere and they all mean business. That's when great things happen. One place, one mind, one heart, one accord. That's when you see amazing things happen. Somebody say, so be it. So be it. So be it. Hallelujah. Praise be to God. As they ministered to the Lord and fasted, the Holy Spirit said, Separate me, Barnabas and Saul, for the work whereunto I have called them. And when they had fasted and prayed and laid their hands on them, they sent them away. So they being sent forth by the Holy Spirit, they departed into Seleucia, and from thence they sailed to Cyprus. And notice this, verse 5, and when, they, and when they were at Salamis, they preached the word of God in the synagogues of the Jews, and they had also John to their minister. Now this is the same word, minister to the Lord. They were doing that during that time when they heard from the Holy Spirit about what to do. And then they got now John, who's, uh, whose name is also Mark, John Mark, he is traveling with them and doing what? Ministering to them. As they endeavor to accomplish the ministry that the Lord told them to do, Mark, John Mark, is ministering to them to help them to do it. As we said, the word minister 
One word you could use to describe it is serve. And it's a good understanding of it is like a waiter waits on a table and comes to serve people at table. And that's the way we should minister to the Lord. There should be times when we're not just asking and begging, but we come to him and like the waiter comes and says, what can I get for you? Right? They don't just tell you what you're going to get. Right? And they don't just come and, and fall apart and cry and tell you what they need. Right? And how important it is that you leave a big tip. That doesn't minister to you. And wise people will understand, if I minister well to you, you're likely to bless me. Although that, that, that's not your motive for doing it necessarily. So uh, John was their minister. Go with me to Romans, the 12th chapter. Romans 12 and verse 1. He says, I beseech you, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. Your reasonable what? Service. Everybody say service. Service. Now, the Amplified of this says it's your reasonable, rational, intelligent service and spiritual worship. And you get a revelation here, and you see it in numerous other places, that worship is not just holding up your hands and saying, I worship you. That your very life as you live in service to Him is worship. Now this is a revelation. Just saying I worship you is not all there is to worship. Can you see? Uh, he said, uh, put it back on the King James if you would in verse 1 again. He said, I beseech you by the mercies of God to do what? Present your bodies a what? Living. Now in the Old Testament, if it was a sacrifice, you killed it. <laughs> so then it was a dead sacrifice. And that was the end of it. And really it would be easier to do that than what he's talking about here. It would be one and done. But this is every day presenting my body and my life. As a living, somebody say living, living, yeah. living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God, which is my reasonable service and my spiritual worship, the Amplified brings out. Service and worship, worship and service. You will serve what you worship. It's back to that thing about where, the, where your treasure is. That's where your heart is. And uh, if you worship sports, you will serve sports. That'll be all your time, your money, effort. If you worship cars, that's, then cars are your life. And you will, you know, you'll follow it around with a cloth. Right. <laughs> <laughs> If you worship money, 
and, and, and you just got this drive in you, you, you want money, and you want what money will get you, then you will serve money. Your whole life and all your efforts and all your time will go to that. And money can be a good tool, but it's a lousy God. Right? Great to enjoy a nice car, but you can't fellowship with that car. No matter how you try and how much you love it, it will never love you back. It's metal and rubber and plastic and aluminum. Hmm? No, friend. Wise people worship the one who made it all. Hmm? Don't worship the creation. You know, a lot of people do. Um, there's what I call green religion. And Romans talks about it in detail. People worshiping the creation instead of the creator. And talking about the, you know, our primary job is to take care of the planet. And if that means sacrificing a bunch of people, that'd be okay too. To save Mother Earth. That's a religion. And it's worshiping the creation rather than the creator. Now, I don't think it's good to see how quick you can pollute stuff and mess it up. But the truth is, planet Earth ain't going to make it. <laughs> and everything down here is going to melt with fervent heat. And the Lord's going to fix it all. He's going to create a new heavens and a new earth wherein is no curse. Now, we've never been in a place like that. We've never been in a place where you could run through the jungle barefoot. And never step on a thorn. And not even need any deodorant because it never gets too hot. And not even need a coat because it never gets too cold. Nor, no tornadoes, nor, no tsunamis, no hurricanes. We've never been in a place like that. And you don't have to be afraid that a lion might get you. If you see one, you say, come over here, come over here. And you grab him around the neck and play. That's how it's going to be. I'm not just throwing stuff out. These are scriptures. The lion will lie down with the lamb. Child will play with both of them. Thank God. Are you excited about this? Is this a fairy tale or is it the truth? It's Bible. Soon and very soon, we're going to experience these things. What about right now? What about until we get there? What are we supposed to do? Living sacrifice, our spiritual worship, our reasonable service. Can you say amen? amen. Now, uh, thank you, Lord. Mark, well, let's do it like this. Go to... Uh, Matthew, the 20th chapter. I got a bunch of things here, and I'm believing for just the right ones. Are you, you hooked with me? Thank you. You know, utterance is greatly affected by the hearers. Greatly affected. Matthew 20, and verse... Uh, 25. 
Matthew 20 and 25. Jesus called his disciples to him and he said, You know that the princes of the Gentiles exercise dominion over them. And they that are great exercise authority upon them. But it shall not be so among you. Now here is one of the biggest distinguishing characteristics of God in contrast to the enemy. The enemy is a forcer. He's going to make you do it. He's going to control. He's going to dominate you. And he'll do it through fear and through force. God does not do that. And all this talk, I had a preacher come down one time and throw his finger in my face after I preached one time. He said, I just want you to know, by God, I mean, he's about to cuss. He said, God gets ready for you to do something, you're going to do it. I said, you're wrong. He doesn't make people do things. If he was going to make people do something, he'd make everybody get born again. Save them from hell. Right? Right? If he's not going to make people do that, he's certainly not going to make them do lesser things. And it's not in his nature because if somebody doesn't willingly believe in you, if somebody doesn't willingly of their own choice follow you, you don't have real love. You don't have real faith. If it's forced, it's not real. Amen. You don't have the real thing. And that's one of the things, when you understand it, that will cause you to love him so much. Is that he owns you many times over. First of all, he owns us by right of creation. None of this would exist. None of it. If he hadn't made it in the first place. But. Adam and Eve, through their disobedience, lost it. So he also owns us, not just by right of creation, but how many understand it takes a lot of power to keep our, our sun shining and to keep the planets in orbit and to keep atmosphere and gravity working. We take it all for granted, but something is keeping all this together. And the Bible said, all things are upheld by the word of his power. So we not only owe him our existence by, because of his creation of our forefathers and everything else, we owe him because if he didn't sustain us every millisecond, we'd fall like a pile of jelly on the floor. The atoms in our body would come apart. That's one thing that amazes researchers. What keeps it together? <laughs> what, what's holding it together? Something you can't see. Amen. Spirit. Yes. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. But not only that, he owns us by right of creation. He owns us by right of sustaining us every millisecond. But even though man lost their self Jesus came and paid the greatest price that's ever been paid for anything and bought us back and redeemed us. So now he owns us by, by creation, by 
perpetual sustenance by redemption. And then he says, here's the keys. Serve me if you want to. If that don't make you love him, you're not thinking right. But not the devil. He will control you. He will manipulate you. He will force you if he can. Thank God he's not the greater one. The greater one lives in us. And the truth is, a child of God, the devil can't make you do anything. He can't. Cannot. But he's very crafty, very deceptive, very tricky. Look in, keep reading here. He said, uh, in the world, basically, they exercise dominion over each other. And they exercise their authority and control over each other. But verse 26, but it shall not be so among you. It's not to be that way among you. For whoever will be great among you, what? Let him be your minister. This is the same idea. What's a minister? Somebody that serves. Somebody that waits on another. Let him be your minister. And verse 27, and whoever will be chief among you, let him be your servant. Now this is a word that's absolutely despised. In modern society. And you'll hear people say. I ain't nobody's slave. And if anybody acts like they want to tell them what to do. Oh boy. Such. Angst. And such. What it is many times is such insecurity. Trying to prove things to people. And with God. He's not going to make anybody do anything. But if you willingly, of your own free will, say, I let me serve you. I'm doing this because I want to. Nobody's making me. I want to serve. That will make you great in the kingdom of God. He Whoever will be chief among you, let him be your servant, and it will make you like the master. Verse 28. Even as the Son of Man, talking about himself, came what? Not to be ministered unto. But to what? To To minister. And to give. The greatest expression of love is giving. God so loved the world. That he gave. To give his life a ransom for many. Jesus, at the end of his, his life and ministry, before he went to the cross, you know at the supper, he, he, he slipped off his chair and, and, and took a towel and started washing the guy's feet. And, and they didn't understand it. And Peter even told him, no, 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 now get up, no. You're not washing my feet. Why? Because that's acting like he's under him. And he's like, no. No. If anybody washes anybody's feet, it's me washing your feet. You're not the slave. You're not the servant. And the Lord said, 
if I don't wash you, you don't have a part with me. And one thing I like about Peter is when he knew he's wrong, he's ready to change. He's like, okay, okay, then wash my head, my hands, give me a bath then, because I want to be a part. That's a good quality. Quick to repent. Quick to admit when you've been wrong. Quick. Come on, somebody needs to say it by faith. We all need to say it by faith. Say, by the grace of God, I'm quick to repent. And I'm quick to believe. And I'm quick to obey. <laughs> When's the last time you said, you're right, I'm wrong, I'm sorry. And then stopped and didn't try to explain it. Hmm? How long has it been? Well, it needs to happen, you know. <laughs> okay. <laughs> when it needs to happen, make sure it happens. Don't choke on your pride. So you know what? I'm wrong. And you're right. And I'm sorry. Come on, somebody say it out loud again. By the grace of God. By the grace of God. I am quick to repent. I am quick to repent. I'm quick to believe. And I'm quick to obey. And I'm quick to obey. talking about obeying God. I'm quick to obey Him. Because we don't have decades and years to waste. Right? Soon and very soon we're going to be out of here. Scores of thousands of people left this planet today. Every day. Thousands and thousands leave here. And uh, soon Lord Terry is coming. You and I leave here one day. And we want to do what we're supposed to do. In our time of opportunity. Do you have it in your heart. To serve him. He's not going to make you. He's not going to force you. You have to willingly. Make yourself available to him. You have to keep coming to him every day. And say here I am Lord. Use me. You come to him. How many know it's a good way to start off your day. Not by begging and asking. And crying. And by saying Lord I love you. You're wonderful to me. Thank you for your faithfulness. I'm available to you. Everything I am, everything you've given me, everything that's under my hand, under my control, is available to you. Hallelujah. How can I serve you today? How many think it should not bother you in the least to say, I am a servant of God? Yeah, I know you're a child, but a child can be a servant too. Can choose to serve. Praise God. Oh, praise God. Praise God. Praise God. It is a joy to serve God. Oh, what a joy. It's an honor. Hallelujah. Now, in Matthew, where are you? Matthew 20? Go over to 25. Matthew 25. And without going into... uh, All of the scripture about it. This is 25. Let's look at about verse 38 here. 25, 38. He said uh, that they would say, well, back up. I'm going too late here. Back up about verse 35. He said, I was hungered and you gave me meat. I was thirsty and you gave me drink. I was a stranger and you took me in. 
He said, this is going to be said. This is going to happen. And uh, naked and you clothed me. I was sick and you visited me. I was in prison and you came to me. And then the righteous will answer him and say, Lord, when did we see you hungry and fed you? I don't remember that. When did we see you thirsty and gave you something to drink? I don't remember that. When did we see you a stranger and took you in? When did we see you naked and gave you some clothes? When? When did we see you sick and in prison and came to you? And what will he say? The king. How many know who the king is? Come on, the king. The king of kings. The Lord of lords. He will answer and say to them, Verily I say to you, Inasmuch as you've done it to the least of these, my brethren, you have done it unto me. Does the Lord take personally what you do for his people? In heaven, the Lord doesn't need things personally. But his people do. How can I serve him? I can't sweep and clean up in heaven. I don't think it's dirty anyway. <laughs> I, I, I can't bring food and, and give. I can't bring clothes. But can I serve the Lord anyway? Yes. Does he take it personally if I do it for one of his? Yes. Even one of the least yes. of his brethren. Yes. Praise God. Somebody say, praise God. God. Keep reading. Uh, Then he'll say, on the left hand, depart from me, you cursed into everlasting fire, prepared for the devil and his angels. Keep going. I was hungry, you gave me no meat. I was thirsty, you gave me no drink. I was a stranger, you didn't take me in. Naked, you didn't clothe me. Sick and in prison, you visited me not. Then they'll answer saying, Lord, when did we see you hung? Same thing. When did we see you a third stranger, naked, sick, in prison, and didn't do what? Didn't do what? Didn't minister to you. And what will he say? He'll say, verily, inasmuch as you did it not to one of the least of these, you did it not to me. So, how do we minister to the Lord? Yes, in lifting up our praise and our worship our, with our song, with our, our voice, with our uplifted hands and our heart. But that's not all there is to worship and service. Can you see from Romans, offer up your body. A living sacrifice. Wouldn't this be every day? This is all the time. How can we serve him? How can we serve him? Are people serving the Lord by ministering to your children right now in the backs of these buildings? Yes, they are. Are people ministering to you by helping you come in and get parked or by ushering? Do people minister to you by sowing money so that this building could be here and could be outfitted and finished or Are people serving the Lord by sending this message over these cameras to people all over the country and other countries right now? Is the Lord taking it personally as though they are doing it for Him personally? Is this something that should be in the forefront of our thinking all the time? Yes. Yes. If I'm ministering to you, Something that is ministering to you, that's blessing you, the Lord is taking it personally. And so I'm ministering to the Lord 
by ministering to you. Do you believe that's Bible? Do you believe that's right? That's why the New Testament commandment is love one another as I have loved you. In other words, he's saying love them the way I love them and you. In other words, let me love them through you. Let me minister to them the way I want to minister to them through you. And in doing so, he turns around and says, thank you for ministering to me. And we'll say, Lord, when, when did I minister to you? He said, just then. How many parents know if somebody wants to bless you, bless your kids. Is that right? Did they bless you? I mean, if they didn't even do a thing for you, but they blessed your child wonderfully, they blessed you. Didn't they? You'd be more happy about that in many cases than if they'd have done it for you personally. Praise God. Praise God. Somebody say, praise God, praise God. Praise God. Stand up on your feet. Oh, thanks be unto God. Begin to play softly, guys. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. I want us to minister to the Lord. Hallelujah. And as we do, I want him, us to let him work in us that which will affect other people. Let's sing the song, guys, uh, Make Me a Blessing. I'll lead it. Whatever key we normally do it in, make me a blessing, Lord. Make me a blessing. It's a prayer and it's a confession. Hallelujah. Just close your eyes. Things can happen in our spirits as we become very open to Him. Just begin to thank Him. Oh, Father, I thank You. Oh, Father, I praise You. Lord, I give You glory. I give You thanks. You're so wonderful. You're so amazing. So amazing. Make me a blessing. Make me a blessing, Lord, I pray.
Oh, 
Hallelujah. Now, if you believe he heard your prayer, say it by faith. I'll be a blessing. I say, Hallelujah. I'll be a blessing. I say it in Jesus' name. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Sing it out loud. Close your eyes. Focus on Him. As we minister to Him right now, He works in us to will and do of His good pleasure. And He'll enlighten us specific ways we can be a blessing. He'll bring to our remembrance things He dealt with us even long ago. If we let it slip, didn't do it. Or he'll show us new things we haven't seen. How to be a blessing. How to minister to him by ministering to each other. So pray in the Spirit some more. Sing in the Spirit some more. Oh, the mysteries of the plan of God. Mysteries, the mysteries reveal. Oh, I'm in a I'm in the I'm in
your hands and worship the Lord. There's still time. Oh, thank you, Father. Thank you for our remaining days, for our remaining time, making us a blessing, making us a blessing. Just keep your eyes closed. This is why the Lord wants you strong and healthy so you can be a greater blessing to other people. This is why the Lord wants you prosperous so you can be a greater blessing to other people. This is why the Lord wants you strong and full of faith and full of the Word. So that you're not just preoccupied with your needs and problems night and day, but you're victorious and He can use you to minister to others. Oh, somebody say amen. 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 So be it. Yeah. Everybody say, I'll be a blessing. I'll be a blessing.
he's heard us. Let's lift up our hands and thank you. Thank you for hearing our prayers. Thank you for working in us marvelously, wonderfully, exceeding abundantly above what we've asked or thought, according to the power working in us. I will be, I will be a blessing. Oh, hallelujah. And by ministering to others, each other, I'll minister to the Lord. And He'll be pleased. And He'll receive it as though I did it for Him personally. Oh, praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Oh, praise your Father. Praise your Father. Thank you, my good Father. Thank you, my good Father. Thank you. I will obey your is lots easier than you think. All you have to do is when you wake up in the morning, think about somebody other than yourself. <laughs> 